You are filled with joy. This is your night. If you are burdened or weary, this is your night. If you have come simply because you need to express your gratitude, this is your night. If you are afraid and your heart breaks for the world, this too is your night. If you are lonely and your heart is broken in grief, this is your night. For on this night, we remember that God could not bear to stay away from us. For a child is born in Bethlehem, and through him the love of God calls you by name. This is the babe's night, and this is your night, because this is God's night. Let us draw near to the God who comes to dwell with us.
Please be seated. Will you join me in our unison prayer for Christmas Eve? Holy God, as you came at night when all was still, so enter our lives this night. Illumine our paths with the light of Christ's presence that we may clearly see the way before us, the truth to speak, and the life to live for him, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
A shoot shall come out of the stock of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. And the wolf shall lie down with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand in the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea.
in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. Then Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn.
In that same region, there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place that the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. And when they had seen this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, just as it had been told them. It is my honor to welcome you to our Lessons in Carol's Christmas Eve service, whether this is your first time worshiping at Fourth Presbyterian Church, your first time in a long while, or if you've already been here once or twice today, welcome. If you're worshiping online, we are delighted that you are here, and we hope that you will take this moment to indicate to us where you're worshiping from and sign in on the online pew pad to let us know that you were here. Now, if you've been paying attention to your bulletin, you would notice that this is the point at which the Reverend Tom R. Jr. will deliver the homily, and I am disappointed to tell you that I am not the Reverend Tom R. Jr. Uh, Reverend Tom this morning started to feel a little not well and out of an abundance of caution took a COVID test and uh, Reverend R has some COVID coal in his stocking for Christmas. I know that you will join me in wishing him a speedy recovery. He was really uh, devastated to not be here with us tonight. However, he's a skilled and prepared preacher and he had his sermon done and so what we sort of decided is that he would share it uh, and we would deliver it with some of our own sort of modifications. So now a homily for Christmas Eve. We need this night. The rush is over, the decisions are made, the presents are all wrapped. It seems the world over has stopped for just a few hours to listen to the angels sing. All is calm, all is bright. Don't we need a night like this? Don't we ever? Unless like Mary, you have a baby. Because when you have a baby, it is seldom calm. Babies bring their own chores, don't they? There is rocking and singing lullabies. There's bathing. There's feeding that has to be done on the kids' schedule. And the diapers, you have to change those like once a day. When there's a child, there is work to do. And the thing about it is that we really don't know what we're doing. 
A baby shows up and we don't know how to raise a human being like that. Some of us feel a profound sense leaving the hospital with the baby to the hospital staff. Like, what are you doing letting me take a human being into my home? We wonder, we worry. Are we doing a good job of teaching her what's important? What about his self-esteem? It's a strange work, this work of parenting. We don't do it because we know what we're doing. We do it because it feels like everything is at stake and so we give it our best at every age of our kids' lives. We give it our best. But the truth is that a baby arrives and it's enough to scare you to death. Maybe that's why the Christmas angels always say, do not be afraid. Did you notice that? That's what the angels always say. It's what they say to Joseph, it's what they say to Mary, to the shepherds out in their fields. Even the next time the angels show up, there will be an empty tomb. Grave clothes will be folded, but the message will be the same. Do not be afraid. It makes you wonder if angels are particularly frightening kinds of creatures, maybe. But you do know that fear is a terrible thing. I remember one night when my wife and I lived in Kansas City, I was awakened in the middle of the night by a loud banging noise coming from the wall on the other side of our bedroom where the bathroom was. That bathroom had a window to the outside and this was a loud, clatter, aggressive, rattling, banging noise. And I knew in an instant that somebody was trying to come in our bathroom window. And I leapt out of bed and I stood outside the bathroom door for one second, almost paralyzed. And then I threw the door open, expecting to see somebody coming through this window. But there was no, nobody and the window was closed. The only thing I saw was a cat run away across my feet. And it took me a couple of moments to survey the scene and figure out that what had happened was that one of the cats had been sitting on a little table where the door hinge is and the other cat had bumped the door closed, caught the first cat's tail in the hinge and what I had heard was the cat whamming against the, the table and the wall suspended by its tail. <laughs> if you have ever been scared like that, you might wish for an angel to show up on the spot and tell you, don't worry, it's gonna be fine, don't be afraid. I don't think the angel is talking about that particular moment when our heart's pounding and our knees are shaking and we can't breathe. I think the angel is telling us not to be afraid because the angels know that we are already always afraid. It's so common that we probably don't even realize it. You ask, how's your dad? About the same, your friend says. They, they want to stay in the house, but it's hard on mom. I worry about her. I've brought up moving to a place where dad can get more help, but he says he's only leaving the house in a hearst. Leaving, living out of town, I can't get to them as often as I'd like. They are all right, I hope. What she is saying is, I am afraid. How's business, you ask? It's okay, he says. I might have to tweak my business plan a bit. We aren't where we were a few years ago, but who is? <laughs> I told my wife last week we may need to rethink our retirement date. I might need to work a few more years. It's good to have a job though. 
what he's saying is, I'm afraid. You ask, what do you hear from the kids? Jeremy's a junior at state. He must be having a good time because I never hear from him except by text. After a long stretch of not hearing from him, I wrote him an old fashioned letter saying, Jeremy, here's a check for $100. Pay for Netflix for a few months, go to dinner on me, love mom. I mailed the letter but didn't put a check in the envelope. It works. Two days later, I got a call. <laughs> hey, mom. He's still not sure what he wants to do in the job market out there. Well, you know, he'll be, he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine. She's afraid. The reason the angels always say, do not be afraid, is not because the angels are so scary. It's because we're already afraid. Because we live in a frightening world. The place where the Christ was born remains a very unsafe place for children. In the past two months, more children have died in Israel than in all the other war areas combined. Daily brutality, and there are no heroes. We live in a climate-changing, terrorist-defined, cancer-embattled, poverty-crushed world. We are a people who walk in darkness and live in a land of deep darkness. Who wouldn't be afraid? It's interesting that the angels do not say, relax, there's nothing to be afraid of. They know better. They tell us, do not be afraid in the midst of what they know is a terrifying world. For this is true. When we are afraid, we are not our best selves. When we are afraid, our neighbor looks like our enemy. When we are afraid, everyone is after us. No one can be trusted. When we are afraid, we are con consumed by what we might lose and things like joy and forgiveness seem like fantasy. When we are afraid, anyone who is different is deficient. When we are afraid, even inju every injury becomes a weapon, every disappointment an injustice and a justification to do harm. We are never our best selves when we are afraid. But the angels know something that we don't know. They bring us a word from another kingdom, from another world, from God. And that word is that love, through its weakness, love, through its vulnerability, cripples fear. It is only when we can trust that we are loved that fear has a chance to ebb. Another experience of fear from my own story, one night I was driving home when I was in high school, I had an old beat up car that wasn't worth very much and I didn't know the city all that well and I was kind of lost and there was no GPS and uh, the car heat meter got like above the halfway point and I just kept driving. I was like, it'll be fine, I'll just get home. And then it went like higher than the halfway point, like three quarters of the way and I just get home. And then the engine started to make this like clattering noise that I knew wasn't right, wasn't normal, but I just, I was just gonna make it home. And then all of a sudden the engine just just died and the car coasted to a stop. I totally burned up the engine. I was on the highway and there's cars just whizzing by me. I was like 17 years old. And as I looked off the side of the highway, there was a snow-covered embankment. It was the dead of winter. And there's a little office park right on the other side of that embankment. So I thought, here's what I'll do. I'll climb down that embankment 
and I will knock on the window of that office park where the lights are on. So I did that. I climbed out of the car, walked down the embankment, and uh, saw about three people in this office, this little office. And I, I banged on the door, and they were startled. They jumped, and they were, they were sore afraid, let me tell you. Um, and I didn't realize this at the time, but what I learned later is that there was a prison about a mile away from this office park. And so to get a knock on a window in the middle of the night, uh, they were not welcoming of this. Uh, but somebody hesitantly came to the glass door and I yelled at them through the door, I, I, my car broke down, I need you to call my parents and have them come get me, I don't know what to do. And this person looked at me like, uh, no, uh, and went back and consulted with their coworkers for a little bit, came back to the window and said, okay, what's the phone number? And they dialed their landline phone and looking at me, they never took their eyes off me the whole time. I said, all you need to say is my car broke down, I'm on the highway, that was it. So she repeated that and she was, she was silent. And I said, what, what is my mom saying? And all the woman said was, tell me where you are, I'll be right there. Not what did you do this time? <laughs> Not, I've told you to be more careful and to pull over when the car's making weird noises and not just try to make it home. Not, do you have any idea how this will affect your insurance? None of that. There were plenty of opportunities for those conversations later. They did happen. But not in the moment. In the moment of my fear, it was, tell me where you are, I'll be right there. We need this night, don't we? The rush is over, the decisions are made, the gifts are wrapped. It seems that the whole world over has stopped for a few hours to listen to the angels and they are pleading with us, please do not be afraid. And they are serious, they're not <laughs> embarrassed to call us to set aside our fears because they know that in the child born this night, God has said once and forever, tell me where you are, I'll be right there. And in the moments that you can trust that, in the moments you can trust that love makes sense of the world and has called you by name, well, it's easier in those moments to trust that we don't have to be afraid anymore. And to remember that, to remember that is why we need this night, and we need it more than ever. Amen? Amen.
In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time that the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring word to me, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Along with the Magi and the shepherds, we too come before God this evening filled with hope and anticipation, while also carrying our own joys and fears and concerns, both for ourselves and for our wider world. So let us pause this evening as we lift all that is on our hearts to God in prayer. Let us pray. Emmanuel, you who are God with us, we pray to you this evening filled with a sense of your joy, your promise, and your love. And we open our hearts once more, praying your spirit might truly dwell in each one of us. Beyond the glitter and goodwill and warmth of this season, may we find in Jesus' birth a true reason for hope in this time, a hope that rises above apathy and cynicism, a hope that enables us to see each and every person we meet as Christ in our midst and a hope that trusts your love is ever at work in this world. We're in awe of the mystery of your incarnation that you would choose such a humble birth, surrounded by struggle and uncertainty and empire. May you remind us today of all those in our world who have been forced into the margins, those trapped in cycles of poverty, those devastated by war and conflict, and those who feel helpless as they face uncertain futures. As we give gratitude this night that your son has come into this world, may you help us to recognize your very image in each one of our brothers and sisters. And we pray for their peace and safety and well-being as to all. 
And as we come praying for the world around us, we do come holding our own struggles and frustrations and disappointments as well, asking for your healing and a renewed sense of your presence in our own lives. We pray for those who are struggling with loneliness this Christmas season, those of us who have lost loved ones, those separated from family by distance or estrangement, and those hungering for deeper connections in their lives. We pray for those who are suffering from chronic pain or illness, those who are undergoing treatment or recovering from significant procedures, and those who are managing as best they can day by day. We pray for relief and healing for them. We pray for those who may have lost jobs, those who are worried about finances or what this new year might hold, that they would indeed find relief and opportunity. But in the midst of all of this, may the Christ child remind us of love's transformative power in this world, a love that is stronger than pain, stronger than violence, stronger than hate, a love that promises to make all things new. May we be reminded that this season calls us not only to center our hearts and minds in you, but to use all that you have given us to make a difference in the lives of your people. May you make us open to opportunities to serve that we might help enact your promise to fill the hungry with good things and lift up those who are feeling lowly. And may you help us share some of what we have been given, whether providing a listening ear or a friendly word to someone who might need it, to supporting those who find themselves in a season of challenge. Through the gift of Christ entering our midst, may you comfort your people once more, filling each one of our hearts with your deep and abiding love. Amen. It is inspired by the love shown to us and the child in the manger that we give back this evening, knowing that every single one of us has a part to play in meeting the deep need in our city and in our world. We give so that those who are hungry can have a warm meal on a cold night, and that those who are lacking basic needs can be cared for. We also give hoping for a future when someday all would truly have enough. So the offerings you share this evening will help make all of our church's mission and ministry possible, from programs meeting the needs of today to those looking to build a better tomorrow. So whether you are giving online using the link you'll see on your screen, or whether you're giving here in the sanctuary, may we indeed give with generous and grateful hearts. Our offering will now be received.
in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, in the beginning, with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it.
in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and night covered the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. You are the light of the world. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to God. The people who walked in the shadows have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep night, on them the light shines. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory full of grace and truth. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among all.
friends, as you go out into God's world on this Christmas Eve, know that the love of God calls you by name. And the angels of God are all around you whispering, do not be afraid, be brave, hold on to what is good, return no person evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people, love and serve the Lord our God, rejoicing in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And may God make God's face to shine upon you May God be gracious to you and give you peace, now and forevermore. Amen.